Hey, it's Chris Miller from the Star Tribune. I'm with Lavelle Neal III, who covers the Twins for the Star Tribune. Lavelle's in Chicago. Lavelle, you drove down. How'd everything go? What's life like on the road? Uh, road was fine. Um, got busy. As soon as I got to Madison, Wisconsin, the traffic picked up. And then I had to actually drive off the road to write a story. Um, because of the league baseball's having teams wear uh, Black Lives Matter and United We Support patches on Friday or for the openers. So I had to pull off and write a story and do my job. And I continued uh, on down into Chicago. So uh, wasn't bad at all. Um, the hotel seems, seems like there may be only eight people in the hotel right now with me. Um, and walking around today, just, it's just a little subdued. You know, there's not, uh, not a lot of people around. And the people who are out are wearing masks. Some buildings are still boarded up from the conflict they had earlier this summer. And um, at about 1.30, I'm going to drive up to Wrigley Field and get ready for an exhibition game against the Cubs. And then in two days, we got the uh, season opener against the White Sox. Hey, Lavelle, do you miss the glamour of flying? Because really, there's nothing more glamorous than getting up at 4.30 in the morning, getting your bags packed, heading off to the airport, standing in line, and getting on a crowded airplane. Um, you're going to miss that this season, aren't you? It's funny. You know, everybody said um, sports writers can uh, identify with George Clooney's character up in the air. But it seemed like Clooney pretty much flew at the great times during the day. Like oh, yeah. New, uh, 10 a.m., you know. Um, we get those early wake-up calls, man, because if we especially have to make a connection somewhere, and uh, that's usually through Chicago or, <laughs> or Detroit. So then, uh, you know, you've got a plan for that. So it's a little bit, a little more hectic for us, definitely. You can leave wake-up calls all you want, but you still never sleep waiting for that wake-up call. It's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the hotel to call me at 4.30, or I'm going to trust my alarm to go off at 4.30, but you never do. You're always awake all night waiting for that to happen. Heck, I think I had, I, had a, I had a tough time falling asleep last night. I think I was just not used to being in a hotel for so long. Um, be tossing and turning for a while. So it's like the, the last four hours definitely were the best four hours of sleep for me. <laughs> They're keeping the media away from the players and the other phases, really. Um, how do you feel about traveling? Are you going to feel safe in press boxes and safe traveling? Um, you know, we're all at risk for this, and we don't know what's going to happen. But what's your level of, uh, of fear, I guess, would be the right way to say it? It's not high, but it's definitely not non-existent. There's a little bit of concern. Like, I think, you know, basically covering the workouts at Target Field, uh, it's only been, I think, one day there was like eight media people there total. So we haven't had, I haven't had an experience with a press box full of people um, distanced away from each other. I imagine that's going to change here tonight when we go to Wrigley for the Cubs game, and definitely will be different for the White Sox game on Friday. So um, I'm just curious how how it's going to look. You know, and some people are more sensitive to others. Some people can't stand people sitting behind them or walking behind them in the press box. You know, I'm like, you know, if if you need to move through, you know, just go ahead and move through in an orderly manner. No big deal to me. Um, no food at Wrigley tonight. We'll have to probably bring, bring our own. And then it's going to be interesting uh, as far, you know, uh, pregame meals are a big deal for the media, as you know, Chris. And, oh, and me? Uh, they're talking about handing out, um, like, box meals, you know, to, to the media once the regular season starts. So I'm curious to see how that's going to look. Some teams are attacking that differently than others. I wouldn't be surprised if 
if um, the White Sox gave us like a, a head of lettuce and a jug of water, you know, tomorrow for dinner. Uh, meanwhile, the Twins are talking about having gourmet box meals, you know, for, for its media. So it's going to be curious to see how teams are approaching this. And sorry for rambling, but we're already seeing a difference how teams are treating the media uh, because the guidelines say teams can open up the press box up to four hours before game time. And some teams, because they don't want to pay people to staff entrances and security checkpoints and press boxes, they're opening up shorter. Like we're going to have the White Sox are going to open the press box up two hours before game time. So it's going to be a little bit of time to get pregame stuff done. Um, the Cincinnati Reds 70 minutes before game time, which is absurd, but they're sticking to that. So it's going to be an adjustment almost in every road city that we walk into just in terms of uh, teams, protocols and requirements and guidelines. That's a subtle way of telling your editors that your notebooks are going to be shorter and later this year. And I've, I've gotten that message full bore. Uh, I should also say <laughs> that uh, the pregame meal that the team leader or the editor has with the beat writer is very, very important for story ideas, for bonding, for future planning. So if I ever do, in fact, go to any of those pregame meals with any of my writers, uh, the company can be well assured that uh, it's all legitimate. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, they're, product, they're productive meetings. Yeah. Hey, Lavelle, you wrote this week about um, the American League Central, and I guess most people would pick the Twins based on what happened last year. Cleveland's got the starting pick, uh to compete, and the White Sox, as you pointed out this morning, are sort of a year, maybe a year or two away with their young teams. How do you see the AL Central kind of folding this year? Yeah, I, I think that I think Cleveland cannot be uh, discounted here. Um, the, the interesting thing will be if they, if they get out to a good start or a bad start. If they, if they get out to a bad start, they may uh, take it upon themselves to move all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor. His contract runs out after the 2021 season. And he has said, I want to stay, but I'm not going to give a discount to stay. So if that's the case, uh, Cleveland may have to part with their their superstar shortstop, and that could be a big blow to them. So the early start for the Indians is going to be interesting to see. Um, you got to like their start rotation, even if they traded Corey Kluver and Trevor Bauer, you know, since last since the middle of last year, they still have Mike Clevenger and Shane Bieber. And Bieber was an all-star last year. And Clevenger is a crafty pitcher in his own right. Um, and the offense, the offense is three key cogs there. They got Lindor, Jose Ramirez, and uh, Carlos if those guys hit, you know, it could be a, a capable team. And Terry Francona is a damn good manager. So I expect Cleveland to be right there behind the Twins. Because in the 60-game schedule, it's going to be hard to pull away. And I say that fully aware that last year may have been an outlier because the Twins were 40-20 and 20 in nine games ahead of Cleveland through 60 games last season. So yeah. a lot of people are picking the White Sox as a sleeper team. Um it's because they added Edwin Encarnacion and then added Dallas Keiko and Yasmani Grandal, who's a very good catcher, to a group that has a, a very interesting young core. You know, Tim Anderson, the batting champion last year. Yon Moncada uh, started to realize his potential at the plate. Uh, Elo Jimenez has got a lot of power potential. And they got this hot shot center fielder coming in named Luis Robert, or Robert who uh, – who has already signed a six-year, $50 million contract, despite the fact he's never played an inning in the majors. Um, they've got some top-end young talent. talent, And Lucas Giolito, the right-hander, leads that rotation. Kaiko sitting in right behind him. Uh, the, you know, it'll 
be interesting to see if how much Kako's got left in the tank. He was, I think, he was a 2016 AL Cy Young Award winner, uh, but um, uh, he's kind of fallen off the last couple of years, and some people are suspecting that you know a couple injuries along the way uh, have zapped him of uh, his power. So um, we'll see how steady and reliable that White Sox rotation can be over the course of the season. Uh, and you get Detroit and, and Kansas City who are both rebuilding. Kansas City's got a new manager, Mike Matheny. Uh, the Royals brought back um, Alex Gordon to play left field, and then Whit Merrifield's a very solid second baseman, and Salvador Perez is back after Tommy John's surgery. But uh, you don't know what you're going to get from um, the start rotation. I mean, the Danny Duffy's got talent, but he's never put it all together. Mitch Keller's got the promise, but, you know, he's still taking his lumps. Um, the team's just a little short across the board. I mean, Detroit – They've got Miguel Cabrera, who's 37, and they're waiting for uh, Casey Mize. I think it's Matt Manning, who's another one of their top pitching prospects, to get brought up to the majors so they can get the rebuilding going on. But right now, they're kind of, they're kind of treading water because uh, their, their roster isn't that talented. They're waiting for the young pitchers to get, uh, away, uh, get called up. And Miguel Cabrera is on the downside of his career. So it's, it's kind of a tough spot for Guardi. Rick Anderson, but they're going to do a lot of teaching this year. So, so as far as teams being 500 and above, I would really say the White Sox over Cleveland and and, uh, and the Twins. Uh, I don't mean the over, but it'd be White Sox, Cleveland, and the Twins all being over 500, with the Twins having the best shot at winning the division. I think I predicted the Twins to win 38 games, which is a little cocky. Um, but you know, I just see with their with their offense and the depth of their pitching. Uh, they're going to have plenty of starting pitching options. Um, you can choose, you know, when you got Homer Bailey and Devin Smeltzer and Randy Dobnak kind of hovering around that fifth starter role, uh, you're kind of in a, in a good spot from a rotation standpoint. So I think that would show up uh, over the course of a 60-game schedule. The Tigers had the number one overall pick a couple of years ago in Casey Mize, a pitcher from Auburn. What's the downside, Lavelle, of taking a guy like that and just saying, hey, we're not going to have a very good season. Why not just – throw him out there, give him 10 starts on the major league level and see what he can do. I can't see uh, how – I can't see the Tigers waiting very long for that, especially in this year when there's no minor leagues. You know, if you you got guys on the taxi squad or on the, the, the list of extra players, depth rosters, roster guys, you know, uh, there's no minor league system. So uh, you, the Twins are going to try to keep their guys sharp by working them out over a CHS field, but eventually – you know, if there's a if there's a hole to fill on the major league roster, you might as well give a young kid a chance to see what he can do. Especially in Detroit's case, since they're not expected to win, you expect Mize to get get a chance to to show his stuff on a major league level. And I think uh, a lot of teams who are not looking to compete this year, you know, but are looking to get their top prospects some experience, will look to giving those guys on uh, getting those guys on the roster, letting them, letting them play a little bit and and teaching. So. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out across the board because, um, you know, there's a belief now that a victory in a 60-game schedule is the same thing as, like, 2.7 wins on a 162-game schedule. So if a team like, loses five or six games in a row, you know, you're, they're kind of buried. You know, long haul. So will they turn the trades and play their young guys and just punt on the season? So getting, getting out in the gate – Relatively well. I'm not saying you have to come out on fire, but just avoiding a slump to start the season is going to mentally 
do a lot for clubs. And those who do start off hot uh, could really get some um, early momentum and, and use that to their advantage. You had your major league power rankings in this morning's Star Tribune. It's at startribune.com for those of you tuning in. Um, pretty standard. You got the Yankees number one in the American League, but I want to ask you about your number two overall choice, the Oakland Athletics. A little bit high for the Athletics. Some people would say, what do you like about the A's this year? Um, I think that is an all-around high-quality team. Although, uh, since I've submitted those rankings, I think one of the pitchers has landed on the IL. Uh, so um, that's going to gnaw at their depth a little bit. But that lineup, it's a, it's a damn good lineup. Um, Matt Olson's at first base. Love Matt Chapman third. He's an offensive player who could play the heck out of third base. Marcus Simeon, uh, of course, was in the running for MVP last year. Uh, plays every day at shortstop. They got the Lauren Otto, Lauren, Lauren Otto, the center fielder who's brilliant. Uh, who can run down everything. Uh, it's just a lineup that's that's uh, that's hard to dislike. Um, pitching staff as well. You know, they got guys like AJ Pulka are trying to break through and join the rotation. Young guy with upside, but they got steady. They got definitely uh, steady arms in that rotation. Mike Fires is probably like the number two, number three starter there, and he's a quality guy. And then their bullpen. They got a bunch of guys who have taken turns, like being the closer. Uh, they all throw hard. They're all funky. And I just think they got a bullpen that can protect leads. And Oakland's going to be a tough out. I know Texas is a little bit better. Um, you know, Houston, uh, Houston Astros, I think, are going to tail off a little bit, especially after losing Garrett Cole. And I think there's a definite drop-off from uh, Garrett Cole to Lance McCullers, Jr. Um, I just like Oakland a lot. I think it's a well-balanced team, um, fundamentally sound. And it's going to be a tough team to beat. And you know, the thing about those preseason rankings is that uh, they're well thought of, uh, they're well done, and then uh, we forget about them. And at the end of the year, nobody ever comes back and says, what the heck, Lavelle? So. <laughs> no, well, they can't find them on our web. First of all, they can't find them on our website. That's because there's so much good stuff there. They have to wade through it all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. Don't forget to read all of Elle's stuff, uh, Phil Miller's stuff, as they cover the Twins this season at startribune.com. And thanks for joining us, everyone.